and welcome to the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Indie Popcon, Gen Con, and the gaming capital of the world, we are The Established Facts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Established Facts. This is episode 215. After our wild Gen Con uh, online experience, which I'm sure we'll summarize up in another episode. For those that don't know, we do sit down and record one or two of these at a time usually. So if we're not talking about Gen Con yet, that's because it hasn't happened. I can't (laughs) talk about the future. (laughs) I can think about it, but I can't talk about it. So this is Josh. He'll be your host again today because Don is not here. Um, that said, we're going to go ahead and get into uh, introductions. Then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about, starting to my right. Oh, let me see here. Uh, can I be the triangle, Vanessa? As long as you're not square. Hi, I'm Lance. <laughs> I'm the square. I am Dr. Deb. And again, this is Josh. I'm so, in shape. I'm round. You're round. Yeah. That's I've the only shape ra- for you, Josh. I've been round for many years. So you can't be round. Then I'm a cylinder because I'm tall and round. <laughs> I was thinking this shape. It's all gone pear-shaped. <laughs> um, so we, we came up with an idea. I think it was uh, after we were done doing our conversation at PopCon uh, uh, called Two Word Plot Hooks. And uh, it's it's an improv game that can be utilized for starting uh, a role playing game. So we're we're not going to follow our regular format today. We're we're just going to get right into this because we thought it'd be a fun little game for us to play and and maybe for you to play. So uh, if you guys do decide to play, I'd I'd love to hear some of your two word plot hooks on our Facebook page, our our main page. Uh, you can even tweet us at ndtef. So um, with that said. I'm actually going to pass it over to Lance, as he is our game master for this interesting improv game. Okay, so here's how two-word plot plot hooks works. What we will do is we will take turns coming up with two words that serve as a plot hook that a game master may use in their game. It doesn't have to be the main hook. It could be a side quest. It could be anything. But two words... Typically, it's an adjective and a noun. It could be two nouns. It could be any parts of speech, but two words. We'll then go around the table and each describe the hook that those two words inspired. And we'll do an example round just to kind of get people going. And if there are any questions at the end of that, then I'll feel free to answer them. And then we'll, we'll start the game. So we are going to play a fantasy-based game. And the two words are... Summer Nights. Deb, what does Summer Nights inspire in you? Camping. Camping, okay. So what's the hook? So we are, but we're in a high fantasy. Mm -hmm. So we're an adventuring party whose main purpose is to cross uh, an enormous forest uh, to be able to bring an important message from the king and where we're at to that king. And we are traveling over the summer, and the only time that we can travel safely is actually at night, unlike during the day. Because in this particular world, these creatures um, actually sleep at night. They don't hunt at night. They hunt during... Actually, I've got it reversed, don't I? Hold on. The creatures sleep during the day, and they hunt at night. They're nocturnal. They're nocturnal. So we need to be awake and traveling and alert to what they're doing, and not asleep when they can eat us. So... Okay. Is that what we're going for? Yeah, totally. That okay. works. Josh, you were humming just a little bit under the microphone as I said it. So what does Summer Nights inspire in you? Well, so first off, as soon as I heard Summer Nights, I immediately went to Grease the Musical. <laughs> but that doesn't really fit the fantasy realm. Oh, they were uh, fantasizing. Well, that, but that's... Maybe yeah, Sandy died. Didn't you hear that? <laughs> Maybe a bard performing. Well, so I took the summer nights and went fantasy and uh the first thing that came to mind was desert so uh similar to what deb said but mine was more a um 
so in, in the Pathfinder world of Galarian, they have a, an area, I think it's called Assyria, mm-hmm. or um, the Assyrian, I can't remember the exact location. Oh, but it's, Syria. Oh, Syria, I believe it's right. Yeah, it is, and it is basically Egypt, mm-hmm. if you imagine it now. So lots of sand, um, uh, pyramids and tombs and uh, regalia and everything along those lines. So but you, the desert kind, not the South American kind. Correct. So it would be... Um, the adventuring party, if it's if it is role playing related, is uh, called to this particular location out in the desert uh, to help stop a um, newly resurrected mummy, something along those lines. That's kind of when when I took it the fantasy route. That's what came up. Cool, Vanessa. I went straight Shakespeare, thinking of you know Puck and all that. So it a would, midsummer night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went. So what's the hook? Said, well, we got somebody that's going in and messing with people and with puck and <laughs> <laughs> you got puck. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he goes in and he totally messes up all of their relationships. So mm-hmm. you could you could easily make somebody being an antagonistic in um, you know like. Switching out things, moving something to somewhere else, so that way somebody thinks that they stole it to add strife or distrust in amongst your uh, your group and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much. And at the end, they finally figure out, and all everybody who gets did all happy it, and, and everybody gets happy and, and understands. Then, yeah. and- right, very cool. All right. Uh, mine was a play on the word nights. Instead of the evening time, I chose the warriors that work for a king, K-N-I-G-H-T, knights. So mine is summer nights. And with mine, the, the king travels through his realm. There are four different sections of the realm, one for each season. So he spends the summer season with his summer nights. He spends the winter season with his winter nights. And so the plot hook there is as the king is traveling, something has happened where the summer nights, uh, their, their castle is frozen. Hmm. And that's not something that's usual, so we have to figure out why the summer nights are are frozen. And is it the winter nights? Are they trying to take over and get more territory? Has someone done something to uh, frame the winter nights, etc.? So there's... And that's Fun. that's a two. And, and please, feel free, like Josh says, let us know what summer nights inspired in you. Because I know when I was just a listener to this podcast, I would scream at my... <laughs> phone or my whatever i was listening to the podcast on no it's this <laughs> let us know what is it? i really love reading stories like that because we all so. went very different ways we yeah, did. that totally. was four entirely different campaigns uh, or, so, or games we're gonna do a couple of rounds like that we're gonna go through sci-fi through horror through a modern campaign and maybe we'll go back to fantasy and see see how that goes so uh who wants to go first Mm-mm. Which one are we starting with? Well, I'll let you know when someone decides to go first. I'll go first. I've got like five ideas over here. So Okay, you get horror. I get horror. Okay, small coffin. Small coffin. So, um, when, when, I, when I hear small coffin um, and trying to, you know, eliminate the 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 dead babies thing because that's just not interesting to me um it is a hook though it is a hook but it is <laughs> um the the thing the thing i kind of found interesting about that though it is is because it's horror horror what's interesting about horror is they can fit in any of those other ones you've listed as well between sci-fi and so mine was went almost immediately to a fantasy realm where it's been reported that this village of halflings have been completely wiped out by this rampaging monster that they have no idea what it is. So that's kind of where I went first. Cool. Interesting. I went to halfling too, but I went with that. The halfling in that coffin uh, is undead and there are special uh, spells that are around it to keep him there so that he doesn't rise, but somehow those spells have been broken. And so the halfling is, um, is rising basically. Now it's an empty little coffin, uh, empty small coffin. Um, and he is going around, uh, trying to collect other halflings and turn them undead. so it's like an undead halfling 
Uprising. Cool. The name of my game is Ring Around the Rosie. Mm. And it is a village where a plague has originated at the local orphanage. And the children who start showing symptoms of this begin with coughing. Small coffin. Mm. Mm. So the, the, the town is, as it was, you know, medieval fantasy type thing, old school. They want to shut the entire orphanage down. They want to bar it. And if you're in there, you're in there. And that's how they're going to stop this plague from getting out. Except for there's this one problem child who's always broken out of that place. So even if they board up, he has an escape. So this plague is going to get out to the surrounding areas and it's up to the players to figure out either uh, the cure or how they're going to stop this kid. And that's the horror version. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually went two different ways. I, I was kind of torn on how to go with this. One, I've always found really, really young vampires to be a serious horror thing mm-hmm. because the reason that they're usually made is very horrific And the fact that they they never grow into their adult body, but their minds grow and how they deal with that and and all that to me is horrific. And then I was also thinking um, of a baby serial killer that likes to turn the babies into like dolls. Mm. So we've got to catch this person, obviously. Mm. Ah, and so that's the antagonist. Right. Mm. That would go right with a great horror theme. Mm hmm. Okay. You just have to be careful the kind of detail you would get. Yeah. Yes. Kids, kind of kids are are a yeah. little off limits for a lot of people. I yeah. know. Yeah. But, but you'd really want to get it. It's a great hook. It is. Kids are a great <laughs> hook because people don't want to see kids hurt. There was a True. Halloween horror night. Um, I I know this because I watch a vlogger from this is 2014. I'm watching his vlog, but there's a Halloween horror night um, at Universal. They had a house during Halloween horror nights. I'll get it out straight. Called Dollhouse. And it had this very much like dolls that had been taken apart, dolls that had had, you know, the, and that was the theme to it. And apparently it was one of the best houses because it was so just creepy and freaky. And so I'm, I kind of went there when you said that. I was like, I can imagine that being. Well, like when Ooh. you see a zombie movie, all you have to mm-hmm. do is see the empty car seat. Yep. Like that's all you have to see. Right. And you're like, I am. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. With Run carriage. screaming. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, that's all you have to see. Mm-hmm. Just the empty mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. thing. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm. Josh, yeah, yours is sci-fi, and your two-word plot hook is bright water. I think of an electricity water combination. I'm seeing almost like lightning bolts going through the water, being used to power space station of some sort. There's some sort of chemical in the water that heightens the electrical power of those those lightning bolts. So it's stronger with both of them together. But nobody knows how this was made. Uh, it's been there for hundreds of years. Um, and so they don't understand this technology, and yet they, there's a tremendous amount of power in it. And so we are exploring it and trying to understand what exactly... Uh, what this is what is the chemical in the water what how is this producing all of the power that is coming out of it to be used for good of course because we're a good adventuring party um uh for our i I don't know against starfinder you know the starfinder society you know to be used for good uh throughout the rest of the realm okay you are on a crew of uh, exploring uh, spaceship team, whatever. Uh, think of like you're in the USS Enterprise, whatever. Whatever your ship's name is. Mm-hmm. And you get a call from your command that there's a distress signal coming from deep space. And it is for a shipping vessel called the Brightwater. And there are pirates in the area. So they have either been attacked by pirates or something has happened and it's up to you and your crew to go rescue them and if you can't salvage the ship, at least get the crew back on board and get them to safety. 
I love how different we all go with these. Uh-huh. The first thing I think of with bright water is like a healing water, huh. like some kind of bath that you get, like almost like a, um, uh, like a, almost like a fountain of youth type of or Lazarus pit or what or like a Lazarus, yeah, like mm-hmm. like you step into it, you walk into it, you drink it, and you are healed of all ailments or even does the night have to give you the grail or- first? <laughs> well. But mm-hmm. it, that's just what I think of when I, I think know, of I bright it. water. So I don't know if this would be like a, a goal that you would need to go to because somebody in your party died. So you have to get to the bright water to bring him back. Uh-huh. or And it's not something that can keep. So right. it's not something you can bottle. You have to actually go to the bright water. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's what I instantly think of with bright water is healing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I went uh, alien abduction. Mm-hmm. Uh Reports have come in to your, um, say you have like a, you're a ragtag group of, uh, per, private investigators who are hearing, uh, are here and hearing stories of the supernatural and, uh, um, scientific phenomenon. And someone has reported they've seen a bright light out on the water. Uh, and you, you hear from the reporters that, uh, boats have gone missing and um I, i'm pretty sure johnny went out into the lake and now he hasn't been home for three days and uh you take the boat out onto the water and you were abducted and now you have to kind of deal with it from there um that's where my mind went with it so before we move on to the next one um i know part of the reason we, we wanted to do this was to show another another way for you to kind of kickstart the creative juices mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to come up with a role-playing game or some sort of story you want to tell. Um, how uh, just in this quick, you know, it's only been 15 minutes. Do you feel like it's already kind of already kind of working? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, just yeah. hearing, I mean, it, first of all, it inspires you creatively to just come up with what do these two words mean to me? Mm-hmm. And then having to put a story behind it, it it's, it's, its own thing but then hearing someone else's you can take off of whatever they say if i mean if you're any good at improv or storytelling and be like i like that and then mm-hmm. this is what happens next yeah and that's that is a, a subset of this is that instead of one person comes up with a hook and then another person comes up with a different hook it's one person starts the hook the next person continues the hook and so on and so on Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of different ways you could play this. I just chose to do it this way for time's sake. No, I, that that's what I was going for. I want to make sure that we're. I love that we're playing the game, but it, it should be useful for someone as well. So, I definitely, yeah. Um, because I definitely, imagine yeah. you dab definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's three words. It is. <laughs> I definitely would that be a hook? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could. When you say it, I start to imagine pictures in my mind, and that's actually what just happened when when you said Brightwater is I wasn't seeing words, I was seeing pictures. And so then I'm just imagine I'm seeing it and I'm just describing to people the pictures that I see in your mind. And everybody has a different creative flow. Like some will hear words, some will maybe smell smells, some will hear sounds, and I see pictures. And so I think it's really neat to see how that you know, if you say something and someone goes, oh, when you said that, I heard this sound in my head or I heard this line of a movie in my head. Um, I think it would be a neat way for a group to get to know each other almost to see like, oh, where did your mind go with that particular um, two words? So it's, it's really fun. All right, Deb, I'm going to give you high fantasy. Oh, high fantasy. All right. I'm going to say abandon a state. This is high fantasy? This is high fantasy, and it's an abandoned estate. Abandoned estate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm not that creative this time around, so I'm just going to say that uh, there is a house mm-hmm. that has been left to to fall apart, and one of the party has been told that they have inherited, that their ancestor, their person, whatever, um, left it to their closest living relative. And that happens to be you. So you are now to go to this place. And while you're there, you discover an intricate series of hidden doors that lead to tunnels that 
eventually, like we did with our, our layer building thing, uh, they lead to a dwarven settlement that is built on top of a dragon horde that is built on top of a salamander village that leads to a drow city. So there's all these intricate tunnels underneath this one place, and now you've inherited this, are you going to just close that up? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to take that and use it as the exploration phase of your next campaign? I'm going with, okay, so you're at an abandoned estate. And mm-hmm. I'm going with the estate says, like, in it, it's almost its own entity. Mm-hmm. It must be abandoned. Oh. So you have a time limit of how long you're allowed to be in it hmm. before it completely dismisses you or shreds you or whatever before Mm -hmm. it purges you out and that may not be healthy for you but Mm -hmm. there's something very worthwhile that you definitely want to get to inside this estate but it likes being abandoned it doesn't Mm. want to be owned Ah. so it considers after a certain amount of time that it is owned and it won't let you get that far so you are it's a time limit thing or you're severely going to get hurt if you don't get in and out in that time so, uh, mine kind of went towards a, a Game of Thrones fan fiction, mm-hmm. okay. where one of the seven kingdoms has been abandoned. Mm. So, anything that's, if you've seen any of the, the Game, of, Game of Thrones um, TV series, I know some people that have read the book. Oh, there are uh, books? There are books. What? And he'll eventually finish what? them. <laughs> <laughs> um, or he'll die crying. In the end, the, it's the person that ultimately wants to sit on the throne, like they want to sit on the throne in, in King's Landing. Um, but it's, they're warring with each other constantly. Like who's in charge of this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And a different approach to that would be, well, what happens if like the entire kingdom disappears? Like what if all of Winterfell, all of the Starks are just gone? They all, They've been like, abandoned. Them and everyone in the north just goes to King's Landing. Yeah, uh, that, that's it. Where? Well, how do you deal with that? And that's just a whole other story arc. Like, we lost an entire kingdom. Who lays claim to Winterfell? That type of thing. So, so my mind went to... Um, it's an estate that is in a very... It's a hard-to-reach area. It's outside the major town or the major city there so not many people go by it but somebody comes back to town because he was out looking for his um i don't know his animals escaped sure um and he was looking for them and they were in this estate and the architecture and the design obviously shows it's several hundred years old but it is in perfect condition it's as if it was being perfectly cared for. But when he walks around in it looking for, there's nobody there to care for it. And yet it's in pristine condition. Um, so he comes back very confused. He's like, I don't know if it's like, could it be magic that's keeping it? You know, he's a regular guy. He doesn't know. You know, is it magic that's keeping it this way? Is there a curse on it? Like, are there people living there that we don't know? Like, why is it in perfect condition if it's 480 years old? I imagine then that a party would be put together by maybe the mayor of this town to say, hey, explore this and figure this out because it's not even on our maps. They bring out the current maps. They bring out the maps from like 400 years ago. It's not on our maps. And yet, obviously, it's there. Figure it out. Solve it, adventurers. Uh, I'm going to go with modern, so like D20 modern, Mm -hmm. and the two words are sand crabs. Vanessa, stop giggling. I can't help. It's where I instantly went. (laughs) It's because you are married to me. Sand. Sand. I'm thinking of people that got together on a sandy beach and got (laughs) crabs. Is where my brain... That's where crabs live, on the beach. That's right. Went. That's exactly where they live. Not those kind of crabs. Uh, but, you know... I'm not really quite sure how much of a hook that could be. <laughs> so I might have to think of something different. <laughs> Why don't you go, Josh? Okay. Uh, I imagine a, a disaster movie um, where a, That's hurric- crabs. a hurricane or typhoon or... 
almost almost in the vein of Sharknado. Oh, um, oh I like where this is going. Occurs in a particular area, maybe down by the 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 Gulf of Mexico, and uh, this it's always Mexico's fault. The, this tropical storm, hurricane thing, whatever comes slamming into the coast of what makes this interesting is Alabama. Oh, um, as Ooh. these strong winds and sheets of rain come slamming down. Everybody kind of hunkers down like they're expecting, like, this is just a hurricane. This is a tropical storm until people start realizing that it's raining sand crabs. That's not oh. hail. <laughs> it's not hail at all. Kind of like um, cloudy with a side of meatballs. Yeah, cloudy with a chance a of meatballs. Bit, yeah. yes. um, but, cloudy with a chance of crab cakes. <laughs> but then the other twist to it is that these are much larger sand crabs. Oh, like they're now, mutant. Yeah, they're the mutant, 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 mutant sand crab crabs. hurricane. Hurricrab. I don't know. I couldn't come up with a good name, but it was still worked. So I'll go with it. Sand crabs. <laughs> just, just sand crab. Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Sand Crab. Hurricane crabs. Sandy Crabs. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Look, did you know that there was also a like, lava octopus? Lava octopus. Oh, oh goodness. gosh. No, <laughs> no, we didn't. We were okay not knowing that, too. But okay. Shark octopus. Okay. That's what it is. Shark octopus oh, and love octopus. Oh, gosh. An octopus made of lava. All right, Deb. Sand crabs. Well, I went with big sand crabs, too. Only mine are not in a, like, Sharknado kind of picture. Mine are, they have been um, burrowing underneath uh, this particular beach. Pick your beach. And all of a sudden, people start falling in. And they're like, this should not, you shouldn't be falling in. Like, there shouldn't be, like caverns in a beach um and so people are falling in and unfortunately some people have not come back oh um and so you are sent out to investigate maybe you're an oceanographer maybe you're a geologist maybe you're a maybe you're a crab expert i don't know um but uh and so these creatures have been burrowing and you need to figure out why are they burrowing why are they creating these kind of caverns underground um are they escaping like is there something dangerous in the water is there something hunting them you know, going through that whole process to figure out why are they doing this or are they just trying to kill humans? Um, why are they doing this and how can we get them out of there and back where they're not going to harm humans anymore? And I have mixed all of ours together. Oh, yes. So two people are on a beach uh-huh. getting crabs. Mm-hmm. Well, they fall in uh-huh. underneath the giant crab holes that are being made uh-huh. and they're running away uh-huh. because of this huge hurricane that lifts them up and puts them into a Sharknado and transfers them to Alabama. <laughs> and Tara Reed must star in it. <laughs> but she won't be there for half of the filming. No. Exactly. <laughs> Jeb, have you ever seen the movie Tremors? No, I have not. You described very close to the oh, movie did, Tremors. Did I? No, yeah. I've never They're seen worms. it. They're so. Yeah. They're not crabs. But still, yeah, no, I've never seen I have, however, seen Twister. So when Josh is describing Sharknado, I'm picturing, like, the cow in the tornado when Helen Hunt is like, another cow, and the cow, cow, like, flies by. Cow, um, cow, cow. See, that makes me think of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> tornado and cows. Yep, yep. <laughs> we all go in different places. So what yep. do you think of with sand crabs? Well, for me, sand crabs aren't creatures. They are people. They are a They're crabby. elite group of mercenaries that have been sent to the deserts of Afghanistan or Iraq or someplace that we call the sandbox. And they, they are able to do things that U.S. troops aren't allowed. And they, they're a very small team. They get in, they get out. And they're just known as the Sand Crabs. So uh, you have been tapped to be an elite member of this group. A G.I. Joe-like group, except everyone wears the same uniform. Real American hero. But it's, it's the best of the best of the best. And you are now on that team. And you have to go take out a target. Mm-hmm. Again, very, very different directions. Although Vanessa did smush like three ideas. To yeah, that's, one. as soon as she but, said that, I said, you haven't heard mine yet. <laughs> I know. And I knew I wouldn't be able to add yours to it because it's always way out there. Yep, yep. yep. That, that's what I do. I, I, know. I like to take things in different directions. <laughs> so that is a round of two word plot hooks. What does anybody think? Any questions? Any Any insights to it? Most of them, as I was listening to them, I was smushing together and putting them into one plot hook 
One plot. One plot. Yeah, I was putting it into one plot. I was like, that can merge with With that. And. And merge with that. And. And those can be the people that go and determine that. So you can. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing that with pretty much all of them. We've done one round where everyone comes up with their own. Why don't we try it the other way if there's time? And we'll just continue a single story. Okay. Does that sound good? Sure. So each was and to what has happened before? Yes, we have to add on. Okay. To the story that came before us. Okay. Uh, again, with the same thing. So we'll do horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and modern. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, why don't you start us off with high fantasy? High fantasy, mm-hmm. and I did write one down here. Swift judgment. So then, because I'm to his left, I start the process and it swings around? Okay. There is a dynasty in the kingdom that you are at. They have ruled for five, six hundred years at this point. But they are not loved by their people. Uh, They are there because of the power that they wield and the control and the, the... the way they handle money and the way they handle so- social. And they're all taught how to do this because they're one family. So, you know, grandma taught the kid who taught the, taught the next kid. But the people have been doing a quiet uh, uprising amongst themselves. It's not public yet, but it is the stirrings are there of uh, these people have been ruling over us for and our in our ancestors for how long. We must do something about it. And you are one of these commoners, or maybe you're a first level something. Um, maybe you're an adept. Maybe you're an expert. Um, but you are part of this uprising um, where you are finally, I've had my fill of this and we ain't going to take it anymore. And of that, I hand it off to Lance. Okay. Um, but you're all commoners. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yes, I Could see be. this. Yeah. Now, maybe there's one who's a higher. Like, maybe you have a, a wise uh, church person, like maybe a wise cleric. Okay. Or you have a wise old man on the corner who knows everything. It. I got it from there. But for the most people, are commoners. But so you got a few. all of these commoners, you being among them, want to do something, but they're just not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Except that the old man, mm-hmm. the wise sage, the cleric, yeah. whoever he happens to be... Uh-huh. He knows of a weapon that could turn the tide in your favor, and its name is Swift Judgment. Ah. It is the Sword of the Ancients, mm-hmm. and with it, uh, you can defeat an army a hundred times your size. And that's where I went with that. So your new quest is to gather a party. And go in search of the weapon, Swift Judgment. However, there's a there's a catch to getting Swift Judgment, because once you get this sword that will go and help you with this, it is constantly influencing you and slowly taking you over, and absorbing you, and making you its wielder not it it's making the sword wield you not you wielding the sword if you keep it around too long and there's that temptation that if you if in a way sort of i mean yeah. i know it's not I mean, exactly you, but that's what it reminds it me of, of yeah mm-hmm. and it'll it'll make you a constant swift judgment so you won't have that i mean if somebody does something wrong you're just instantly going to annihilate them for it hmm. and you won't have that that humanity there to the be patience. like well maybe he stole the bread because his family is starving that understanding that humanity that mercy right that so there's that there's mm-hmm. that you're carrying out it. the letter of the law without the spirit or intent of the law right so it, it starts changing you so mm. you have to put it back mm. you can't keep it ah ooh, the cost all right joshy finish the story <laughs> The question now is, will you? Mm. A moral dilemma. Question exclamation point. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that, I mean, that was swift. We just did the movie trailer. But, you know, <laughs> you know, 
A group of commoners from a from a very fanciful whatever in a world, high world. city in a world, high city um, are 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 given a, a a very important task to seek out the weapon that will save any and all of us in this important time. Yet what they do not know is that this weapon will control them and turn them and change them. But the question is: is will they use it to save the realms or to control it? Well, that's that's kind of what just happened. So, all right, uh, movie voice guy, get on that. The guy that did the intro for our podcast, call him right. up. Call, tell him, yeah, we got a, we got a job for you. Okay, Deb, uh huh, you get horror. Hmm, horror, horror. horror. I'm going to go. Well, this almost seems too easy. Um. Too easy. No. Too easy. Too yeah. easy. Yeah. Too no. easy. Yeah. That was my nickname. And, wait a minute. Well, you could do too easy. I was going to go with Haunted Cottage, but again, that's, that's too... That's kind of like Abandoned Estate. It is. So how about we do Hidden Harris? Heiress, not H. There's no H at the beginning of Heiress. Hidden Harris. Heiress. And Heiress, but she's hidden. Why is she hidden? So we went from a hidden building to a hidden person? No, it was it was a haunted cottage. It was abandoned. Abandoned It was abandoned. These are improv games. The response is yes Yes, and and. (laughs) Yes and no, she's not abandoned. She's not abandoned. She's, she's hidden. not abandoned. The estate was not hidden. It was just abandoned. And the cottage was haunted, but we're not sure if it was abandoned or hidden. Let's do all three. Okay. All right. <laughs> an abandoned, haunted estate cottage with... In an that, abandoned estate, a in a haunted cottage, cottage you... Was a hidden heiress. A, an heiress is somewhere <laughs> hidden. Is hidden in there. Find her. Good luck. <laughs> so here is the movie trailer yes. kind of thing, right? You see this poor... Young lady, I'm thinking like Paris Hilton type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, she's poor. Mascara oh, yeah. uh-huh. streaming down her face, oh. eyes red and puffy, uh-huh. hair all over the place, uh-huh. diamond earrings. One is <laughs> one is like chipped. The other has been pulled out of her ear, and the 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 like physically pulled so that there's still that cut. Yep, yep. From where it was been, pulled yep, out, torn. She's mm-hmm. got tape. Or some kind of thing covering her face so that she can't scream out. Right. Uh, and she is in the dark, on the floor, completely alone. Okay. And, like, she's sobbing mm-hmm. on the floor as she knows. Like, she's been screaming. She's been crying. She's been trying to get people to help her. But she knows whoever put her there has left her there and no one is coming to get her. Sounds like Saw. Mm. Wow. Sounds like a lot of horror movies. Yeah, like yeah. I'm pretty movies. sure that's most horror movies. No, okay, maybe not most, but or, uh, a lot of or Hostel. You go there too. Some mm. defenseless woman gets left in a closet somewhere to die at the hands of the creepy man. <laughs> Continue. Every that's horror movie it. of the last twenty five thousand years. <laughs> She ran up, oh, downstairs or upstairs. She went into the basement or she went upstairs and didn't she's go out the front door. She's taking a shower upstairs or taking a bath in the basement. <laughs> Maybe she's she in the attic. She ran upstairs because that's what you do. That's what you do is you run upstairs because hey, that's well, your best thought. He can't climb stairs. He's an original Dalek. <laughs> and I'm going to get stuck trying to climb out of the window. Right. Horror movie psychology just never made sense for me. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're anyway, an idiot. Vanessa, take over. Oh. Okay, so it fades to black. Uh-huh. And then mm. we come back and we see her all dolled up and pretty mm. with her earrings in perfectly mm-hmm. and her hair done all nicely mm-hmm. and her makeup all on perfectly. Mm-hmm. And she's dancing mm. in some... It's a, it's a, that's the pre-shot. That's what happened beforehand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting we're, the pre. We're, we're, we're pre-show. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we're prequeling. Uh-huh. We're prequeling. Yeah, we got to determine. We are no longer get... making a game. We're just making movies. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> is that a problem? <laughs> Isn't that what this yes, game is? And. <laughs> and keep going. No but. <laughs> yeah. So and as she is dancing with her person, she looks him into the eyes and then realizes they aren't there anymore. Oh. The eyes aren't there anymore? The eyes aren't there anymore. Oh. The person she's dancing with is now dead. Oh. With no eyeballs. Ooh. That's definitely horror. And so she lets go of them. 
really fast and he crumples to the floor and she screams and mm-hmm. like an idiot she goes up the stairs oh no and then she gets grabbed and pulled into someplace your turn Josh <laughs> her eyeballs though are still in her head yeah that's good that's Dan? good to know she is still an intact individual <laughs> no, are they ear, hers ear oh she could uh, be like the one that one movie where uh, he goes and eats the body parts to replace the old ones. Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so she could have taken them and not known that she hey, doesn't. Hey, I'm turn. sorry, it's your turn. <laughs> what on earth is that? She is her pulled. eye color's different. I'm kind of creepy. <laughs> She's pulled into a closet, or at least what she thought was a closet. And when she goes to turn around, she has. She's entered a spiritual realm, that of Narnia. of ghosts <laughs> and ghouls, and and is a, and is approached Beasties. by an individual to ask her if she were to return. To now, she he tells her that if you are to return, you must do my bidding, otherwise you will stay here with me. So we're out of the prequel now. No, yes. Okay. Well, you, you pulled her into a closet. So well, pulled her somewhere. Whatever. She, somewhere. She is in a spiritual realm. I okay. said spiritual realm. Okay. Doesn't okay. matter what time frame. It's a spiritual realm. It could be 15 <laughs> years from now. That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just trying to keep the story I, straight I know in my that. head. Okay? I know that. Okay. You're the original no, Haunted Cottage? No, no, no. No, heiress. The abandoned It was heiress. the abandoned heiress. Oh, hidden heiress. It wasn't abandoned. Hidden so heiress. Hidden. <laughs> Hidden heiress. So, anyways, it was an abandoned estate, but a hidden. This is just a bad game of telephone. Is what's going on right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, um, she actually agrees to this creature's terms, uh, and is then ejected from said closet. And she came out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. We're not going there, it's but another movie. When yeah. she um, when she awakens, uh. There are a group of. She actually has to unzip herself from a body bag, mm. and sees that there are police and all of these people around, and they run screaming because they were convinced she was dead. If I had a nickel for every time, every time you had they to unzip yourself out of a body screaming. bag, that's right. I would have a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> As she sits up. She sits up, she looks at her body, her hands, her arms, or, you know, she's unzipped herself out of the whole body bag and looks down, and she sees that she is covered in dried blood. She stands up, and there is a mirror in this room, because why not? And she looks at herself, she sees that her eyes are a different color, and that the earrings have been ripped out. There's, um, it looks like someone has yanked uh, tape off of her face. She's got like red marks, like the, a red rectangle, like around her mouth where the the tape was over her mouth at one point. Um, then she looks down and she sees that the dried blood is being absorbed back into her skin, and there's almost like tiny rivers going through her skin as that blood absorbs into her, and she's feeling oddly light and oddly free and uh, giggling actually a little bit at this. Uh, She's feeling very lively. She's feeling just like, I just want to go out and just experience everything out there and share this feeling with everybody that I come in contact with. Cause I've never felt so alive in my life as she looks down and her skin has got an odd tint to it fade cool all right i'm going to take sci-fi and your two words to start with are crystal planet crystal planet crystal planet for what um genre okay sci-fi so there's this itty bitty little girl about six or seven Upstairs in her room. She absolutely loves space and she loves astronomy. And she has gotten a telescope for her birthday. 
and she's staring up into the sky, and she sees this itty bitty little dot, and she's so convinced that she has that she has found a new planet. So she names it Crystal's Planet. So she starts making it, and she starts like like with paper mache and all that kind of stuff. And the more imagination that she puts into it as she's making her planet, as she's making her crystals planet, things start to move on the planet. Things start to grow on the planet. The planet starts to actually take her thoughts and her imagination and it takes it into it and she's making her own. Uh, fast forward a few years, um, and the planet has has actually grown significantly in size. Uh, but somehow the parents seem like totally okay with this, and it now takes up position in the garage. Uh, there are people living, breathing, walking. Just, of course, the tiniest of people, but um, there are just more and more and more of them, um, and it it begins to have its own gravitational pull and um this this young lady is graduating from high school and she's she's coming home from her graduation and she notices that the garage door has started to buckle in um hoping that she can react quickly she goes to open the garage door uh and when she does, she realizes that the planet has started to move. And as the planet begins to move, it starts to. It starts to glow. It's giving off some sort of it feels warm to her, but some type of a radiation of an energy. She's not sure if it's a life force or if it's um not sure exactly what it is, but it, it she can feel it as she approaches it, especially once the garage door was lifted up, because apparently the garage door could block it. Um, she knows she has to get this planet uh, out of her garage before it destroys her home and, and the people there. So she, uh, her best friend's dad is a dump truck he works in construction so he has access to like big machines and big things so asks him to come over and help her move this under the guise of i don't want it anymore it's not cool like it's something i did when i was a kid i just you know i i, I don't need it anymore taking up space in my parents garage can you help me get get this somewhere else so um so best friend's dad has known her her whole life basically sure no problem goes helps him helps get in this and he comments he's like it, it's kind of warm and it's like yeah well it's been sitting in the garage it gets hot in the garage you know it's may in indiana it's hot you know oh okay all right so as he is driving this she's in there with him you know they're lined up i don't know picture like the driver the best friend and the the girl kind of lined up in the front seat and suddenly it becomes very hard to drive this dump truck and it seems like they're going slower and it's rattling and shaking and it's just not operating the way that it's supposed to. And then. Okay. So the dump truck mm -hmm. isn't moving the way it's supposed to because mm -hmm. the planet has finally achieved its own gravitational force, pull, whatever, mm -hmm. that it can now pull or push objects depending on, on, on what it wants to do. Mm -hmm. And the people that are down there mm -hmm. uh, have grown with this planet watching this girl grow up, watching this, and they don't want to leave because to them, mm. she's their god. Right. So she's their creator. trying to take it away mm -hmm. is... It's not going to work. Right. But again, the, the planet continues to grow, and it starts to push the house to pieces. Mm. And cracks develop mm -hmm. in the street nearby. Mm -hmm. 
and and eventually it grows significantly so that it's destroying not only her house, not mm-hmm. only her thing. It's roll. It's big enough that it has now crushed this dump truck, mm-hmm. and the people that are on the planet are are growing in size, and they're trying to call to their god, this crystal mm-hmm. person, to come be with them, come that mm-hmm. her world is dying, mm-hmm. come be with them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end it with her screaming no mm. at such a high pitch that it shatters the mm. crystal. Cool. I think that was another movie. Or at least it was the opening yeah. of the movie. We're not doing games anymore. <laughs> we skipped games, went straight but to movies. Honestly, games are cinematic. Yes. And this yes. could be a one-person RPG. Yes. You know, yes, it could. Through the, through the POV of one of your players. If mm-hmm. it's, say, you're playing with an, only one other person, mm-hmm. online, whatever, since it's all theater of the mind, we can do that. Absolutely. Vanessa, you get modern games. games I know I'm trying to decide between these two uninvited guest a man and his family is sitting down for dinner been a long day at work um, they're trying to catch up ask, ask the wife uh, how her day was uh, see how the kids Days in schools were, and um, just having your good old-fashioned suburban dinner. The doorbell rings. Uh, husband go, uh, I thought you were ending it there and ending it? it off to Deb. Like, wow. Uh, that was a short hook. That was all right. Doorbell dinner, rings. gotcha. Husband goes to answer the door, and uh, standing outside is his wife's ex. no idea why he's there um but he has always tried to be very cordial with this individual so he he goes ahead and invites him in to you know how's it going um they they kind of spark up a conversation the ex is rather dodgy about why he's there. Um, they talk, eh, how's the job? How's, you know, and that kind of awkward, friendly thing that can sometimes happen. Very dodgy. Will not explain why. Um, around the corner comes the wife. And she's also surprised to see the ex there. And then the wife notices that the ex has a watch on. And the watch is one that she recognizes. But the wife says, that was the watch that my grandfather used to wear. Why do you have the watch my grandfather used to wear? He never gave that to you. Um, He was only alive for like a year after we got married and then he passed away. So how do you have that watch? And then the ex looks really uncomfortable. Um, the ex is very shocked that she noticed the watch and he starts to hem and haw and I, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have come by. I shouldn't have been, been interrupting your dinner. So he's, he's standing up and he's trying to leave the house and suddenly, uh, gunfire tears through the window of the house and he yells them all to get on the ground and the the gunfire continues for a little bit he's throwing things in the way and he's pushing buttons on his watch and long story short he is a member of a secret organization that her grandfather was also a member of, and that's how um, he got the watch. Is that it gets passed from one member to another, a la Kingsman, 
you know the the name gets passed on well this is your your watch gets passed on and he his only uh, caveat for getting it was that he had to protect her at all costs and he knew that these people were coming to hurt her because she was related to her grandfather and she might have some information that leads to something that he had done or had hidden during his time in the organization. So now the ex is protecting her at all costs. And uh, he's, he's pulling something out of the watch weaponry-wise. Um, and that's where I'm going to pass it off to Vanessa. That's totally different from where I was going to go with this. You're welcome. It was going to be like vampire-y, but, which would be more horror, I guess, so that wouldn't make much sense. So Good thing you went with the more knights, king, kingsman thing. <sighs> I almost want to make the watch almost like a the Jack, you know, like the time travel watch. But is that sci-fi? That's true. It's not very modern. The time vortex manipulator. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. This watch? The, vor- the vortex manipulator, yeah. I think you're it's a TARDIS watch. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's sci fi, though, it's, right? It's, so it's cheap time travel. It's made by it's the company cheap. DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> or ca- counterfeit time travel, I think, or something like that, is what he called it. Um, okay, so he's pushing on the watch. Which, since this is the house that the grandfather and the grandmother used to live in, it activates a lockdown system that puts up a whole bunch of, uh, like, puts coverings over all the windows and coverings on the door and uh, locks them. Now they're locked into the house with all of these people outside trying to get in to get to her and it's not going to last forever, so they have to figure out a way to get out in safety without her or their family being hurt. And it's a Masonic the uninvited guests are, isn't the ex, it's the people outside firing in. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> He's actually there to protect them. There right. it is. That's a very nice ex. Well, I guess that's the only way he can stay. We don't know if it's like the stepdad or if there was a split, like split family, and like we don't know what's going on there. Right, he could have kids in there. Mm, development. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Exposition. Well, <laughs> further developments as events and warrant. That's another round of two word plot hooks. How it are we is. doing on time? Um, time to finish up. Okay. So, um, I hope you take advantage of a game like that and. Um, utilize it to stir your creativity sometimes just doing that like a round or two of that before a role-playing session could could kind of help get the creative juices flowing session zero it could Mm -hmm. be if if everyone's trying to build the story together uh there was a game where everyone had to build the planet and then the next game was live on the planet Mm-hmm. I think I heard of this game at one of the Fear the Cons. Mm-hmm. This could be a very good, you build the world in which you have to live. Mm. And then the next game is, okay, yeah, I think Zach living. Morton ran that. Yeah. yeah, Where you're all gods and you're creating yep. a world and then you have to play characters in it. I think yeah. Don actually took that idea for the Pathfinder game that he's been running and did something similar. So, um, Yeah, well that was fun. I'm glad we had that idea. I have a fact. Oh, do you now? I well, do. hold on. Episode 214, we established that just because we establish a fact, it doesn't make it true. That was not the only fact. The bonus fact being you can use your gaming tech in the bedroom. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying. They no, game can. put video game consoles in there all the time. You've uh-huh. had to work from home. I mean, and that's, that's in your office. That's what call it. Yep. That is absolutely what we call it, because that's what it is. Dual sense controllers coming soon. Anyways. <laughs> Vibroshock. Ah. Oh, oh, the fact. Game stories <laughs> the fact. can be turned into uh, video movies. Movie trailers? Movies. Yes. Yeah. Game yeah. stories can be movie trailers. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. This is first fact. Yay. <laughs> but with that, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the last hour or so. 
And in honor of Don, who is totally fine, by the way, every time I say in honor, it feels like somebody, just like the Tracy Hickman in the morning. He's got the Rona, doesn't he? No, 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 he doesn't. Thank the Lord. He's got the Black Plague. No, no, no. No, 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 he doesn't have Concrud because we haven't been going to any conventions. That's right. Spanish flu? Nope, nope. I hope not. I hope not either. For today. Um, Either way, we will catch you later. Deuces. Bye. Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Bonus!